TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for the 436th time. Yes, you heard it, 436 Not Out. And I cannot do it alone. I will not do it alone. I am never, ever, ever going to do this alone unless I'm under sufferance because it is with the number one wellness expert, the number one longevity expert on the planet. Step aside, Dan Butner. Step aside, anyone out there telling you <laughs> to hilarious. live a great long life. The gold medalist of longevity is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great You're man. You're hilarious. You are hilarious, PC. If anyone could take the gold medal right now, it would be you with your incredible book, The Exceptional Life. It's uh, unbelievable, mate. And congratulations, ticking over more than a thousand books already in the first couple of weeks. You are on track for ten thousand books sold for Christmas. I can feel it. It's I'm happy amazing. to tell people well that's my goal. Ten, you don't write a yep. book unless you're going to sell at least ten thousand, and then it get yep. going to be on you. So yes, thank you for the yep. love and support, and uh, for yep. everyone out there that's bought it. We've had a few businesses buying it. You know, bulks of 100 for their entire team or their entire company. So it's been uh, very well supported up until this point, which I'm very grateful for. So thank you. I might speak to the HR director of Vocus Communications and see if we can't get a box or 10 in there. There we go. Happy to send a little sample if they need a sample to decide. Yes. Very good. But yes, very good on the mental health front. I think you and I will be doing a lot of work over the. uh, are you okay month that's uh, coming up or are you okay day in the mental health month and the rest because yep. it is a massive a massive topic, necessary topic, essential topic. Um, yes. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. I'm conscious of so, our time because yep. I know we could and we'll do that another time. Um, you love your book. We do need to uh, pay homage to one of the great 100 Not Outers, uh, Australia's oldest. Essentially the greatest. The, the greatest. Essentially the greatest. Australia's. Yeah. Oldest man ever to live, um, a two-time interviewee on 100 Not Out, uh, one of those individuals that really smashed our philosophy and our paradigm for longevity to pieces. He was a pioneer for both mm-hmm. you and I and the nation. And there were no, genuinely, I'm not, I'm not oh even overblowing this. He, yes, no, I no. still remember the day when you said, Dexter Kruger, you have blown the nutrition guidelines to pieces. Uh, Dexter Kruger, Australia's oldest man, uh, died peacefully last Tuesday as we were recording this, age 111. Um, What a man, Damo, and uh, what a great example he has been uh, to us here on the podcast. Yes, mate, absolutely. What a great man and uh, and had quite a profound influence. I think he clocked over, was it 13 books he ended up writing in his uh, in his lifespan, which is amazing. When we first interviewed him, he just finished penning his seventh book, I think it was. And so he was smashing it out. What an author. Incredible. I do often wonder if he had have eaten kale, would he have lived longer? Well, I think there is a there is a bit <laughs> of a there is a bit of a Hollywood ending to this story, which yes. I'm not sure that I'm privy to share, Hollywood. but I'm going to share it yeah. because it's um it's it's an it's an incredible story. So Janet Rowlings, who uh, just for those that haven't listened to oh Dame, I've got to find out two things at once. Come on, Marcus, the episode numbers, which you actually mentioned in yep. your live conversation with Macca 
yeah. on the ABC. Sundays with Macca. Yeah. Uh, over yeah. the weekend, I was on my stationary bike and <laughs> listening to Macca. 255? 252, I have it down on Google. 252 and 17. Uh, oh, come on, Google. Just find it for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, not enough SEO on the original episode, but let's say yeah. 17. But in the early days, could be yeah. 30, could be 17, somewhere in the early days. Something like that. But you and Macca had a great chat about Dexter Kruger on uh, yeah. on on uh, on Macca's show, and I was having a chat with Janet Rowlings, who joined us on episode two fifty two with Dexter, and it was because Dexter was legally blind, and um, as a result, really could not write his books himself. But he was the world's oldest active author, all the way up until his death, and he would recite his book and. Janet would type the book. Now, That's right. what many people may not know, because Janet didn't want to, it's, it's incredible people's moral compass. Janet did not want to tell people that uh, Dexter's autobiography was um, had just been written uh, because mm-hmm. she wanted to celebrate the life of Dexter. And I completely understand it. The commercial side of me is, the entrepreneur in me is like, gee whiz, what a time to... Um, Sell the book. I, I, yes. I, in my attempt to tell, uh, to explain the explain this to Janet, I was. Uh, do you remember? You've just done a a mother and a ravi. Done it. Yeah. I, well, I have to get this out. Sorry, I just have to get this out. <laughs> do you remember a fortunate life by A. B. Facey? Did yes. Th- okay. So yeah. A. B. Facey wrote a fortunate life. Yeah. And he died six months after I think it was released. And essentially the book went ballistic as a as an iconic Australian book. Yeah. Um Don't you go and die. On his death. Well, I must say when I wrote my book, I felt like if I got hit by a bus the next day, I would be okay. It's an incredible feeling that very but, selfish. But it's not about you. It's not about you, it's about who you leave behind. That, yes. Well, Sarah's an incredible mum. But I was saying to <laughs> Janet, like, thankfully, Dexter had written his autobiography because yeah. his the books, the first 300 copies of his autobiography arrived 28 hours after his death. Have you secured one? I haven't because Janet doesn't want to sell them. I think that I think oh. Dexter's funeral may have been yesterday. Right. And Janet's moral compass, which I think is phenomenal and I have yeah. great admiration for it, was, yeah. no, this is a time to celebrate Dexter's life. It's not a time to sell the books. books I, yeah. She would have sold a thousand books like that. Yeah. But granted, Janet uh, and Janet is going to come on One Hundred Not Out in the, in the next two or three weeks and talk about Dexter's life because she has been a pivotal part. She's known Dexter for thirty one years. She's been a pivotal part of um, about half of his books. She has been the one typing it out and getting it out and all on and and the the real autobiography. Um, will soon we've be known released. Dexter for seven, we've known Dexter for eight years. I think it's. I think that's how long it was. It was yeah. yeah. All of those. All of those years. One ago. third of the time that Janet. Um, that's right. That's right. So I think it's just an incredible. Um, Amazing. It's an incredible life to celebrate, and I think when Dexter's autobiography is out publicly, um, every single one of us will want to get a copy of it and learn from an Australian. Uh, you know. Most of the time, it is a it is a female at the top of the longevity tree. Yeah, but I think for men and women alike, it's really great anecdotal research and understanding 
to learn tree. about someone's life yeah. that has topped yeah. the longevity tree. A phenomenal. It's effect. about time that it tipped in favour of the blokes too, by the way. Yeah, it's good to see things levelling out. You know, and these- for everyone looking for a biohack, uh, yeah. I do have to say <laughs> cake. that, um, cake. well, one that you don't Coffee know. Oh, Mark Smalley's on. I'm telling you, today's a popular day. Mark Smalley, welcome to 100 Not Out. Peter Lennon's here. Pete, welcome to you. Um, Dexter Kruger and Jack Lockett, who was our World War I veteran and the previous owner of the Australia's oldest man gold medal, Mm -hmm. were both men of the land. They were both farmers. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jack Lockett down in Victoria, Dexter Kruger, a Queenslander, so, folks, if you're looking for the biohack and you're a male and you want to be Australia's oldest man, well, you're going to have head to way out west. Head, head way, way out, out west. Where the rain don't fall. Get <laughs> a job in the country. Yeah. What is oh, it? Living out of working on the <laughs> land. Oh. Sha-la-la-la-la. <laughs> <laughs> so my bet, my bet, which is going to have to go for, I don't know his age, but it's going to have to be at, at least 60 or 70 years. I don't know how young he is, but my bet is Charlie Arnott, a good oh, yeah. guest of 100 yeah. Not Out, regenerative yeah. farmer. Yeah. Uh, um, Alan Savory. Yes. Well, I don't know enough about Alan, but I don't know if Alan's still on the land, but Charlie is a man of the land. Yeah. And uh, has his farm down in uh, New South Wales, um, uh, just near Young. And uh, and I'm going to say Charlie's going to be Australia's oldest man in, in 60 years' time. But if you want to be Australia's oldest man, listeners, one, you've got to be male, and two, go out on the land. <laughs> so yeah. I am out of the race. I've yeah. officially withdrawn well, the from the race. No, mate, I'm on 660 metres squared. Soon to be in a couple of months' time. So. Three times the size of my block. You're, you're nailing it. <laughs> you're nailing it. Well done. I think I'm on a sixth. I think I'm on a sixth of an acre. That's um, like a humble brag. How are you, mate? Busy. Are That's you serious? I am telling you because how, how big's your block? Oh, it's a, not that big. Six hundred. Well, well, minutes. you you are saying that as someone that lives in. <laughs> Lives in Melbourne. What I am saying, you. That's, you could grow macadamias on that. Like you could put, you could put an avocado tree. You could put a mango tree. Put all that on your land. <laughs> you are a man of the land. Give me a break. It's like when you talk to a farmer. You could make a community garden, and it's like, how much uh, land are you on? They're like, ah, oh, just sixty-five thousand acres. <laughs> When we did that, we were in Ikaria. When we did that in Ikaria, that was amazing. That was amazing. Oh, fun and game. So, kudos to the farmer from Roma. Henry, remember Henry? Henry Townsend. Henry, oh, Henry big shout Townsend. out to Henry and Maria Townsend. Great cattle yep. farmers, yep. But remember they, how much land are they on? Oh, about 400 million hectares or something. 400,000 million acres. <laughs> Their land was big, way bigger than the yeah. Kidman plant, you know, the Kidman Yeah, ranch. I think the film Australia was uh, with uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman, I think was filmed on, on the land. Ca- Townsend land. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm making that up, but yeah. I agree. Um, I reckon, yeah. There's a few airports on that land. Yeah. So but, um, anyway. Um, yeah. A great, a great social man. Just to dovetail into um, 
I'm trying to work out. I think at a nice property. I think I think Dexter was on twelve and a half thousand acres. Just was googled he? it. Yep. So oh, yeah. you've got to be somewhere in the five figures, somewhere ten thousand and over. Um, well, you're closer than me, Jack Lockett. Jack Lockett. Oh, you're doing two things at once. Well, the other thing we're going to talk about was fractionating the community, and we've only got probably five or so minutes remaining, maybe seven oh, minutes no. of this podcast to go. So, But I wanted to talk about this because obviously we've been talking about the great man Dexter Kruger, his legacy, how he has shown us, particularly men, maybe not you girls, but just the blokes, how we can live a long time, um, drinking coffee at night, chocolate cake a couple of times through the day, bangers and mash for lunch. Um, wheat bix for uh, breaking this with the secrets. He moved a lot. He wrote lots. He spoke lots, and he was in a community. But we often would talk about how he had nailed his social life, Piercy, uh, and he nailed his social life. He had people visiting him. He eventually retired to a nursing home, and uh, and and that's kind of where he ended his life. Well, it is where he ended his life, but the community and the social component or aspect of his life. I would argue would be probably the number one thing that kept him alive for as long as what he stayed alive for. More than the diet, more than the movement, more than his eyesight because we know he was blind when we interviewed him in 2012 or 13, whatever it was. And so he was already blind then. So there has to have been the connection, the purpose, the community – more than anything else that kept him alive for that long. I'm so glad you brought this up, and I was just looking for the direct quotes, but he told us how he would go and visit, in his words, young ladies uh, who were in their 90s um, (laughs) uh, to catch up for coffee and cake for morning tea and then another – did he call them old ladies? I can't remember, but he was kind of making fun fun of his terminology – You'd, yeah. see a la- you'd see a lady friend in the morning for morning tea and then another lady friend in the afternoon tea, afternoon tea, coffee and cake. And like you said, wash down a, another coffee at midnight. But he thrived on social engagement. And one thing, which again is going to be a topic for another day, is I think Dexter was a gentleman. Uh, he was chivalrous. He enjoyed the company of others and he could carry on a conversation. And I think what we're leaning to here, Damo, from a topic perspective is I am certain that Dexter did not agree with every single thing that his friends, lady friends, male friends had, that that didn't impact the quality of the friendship. And, you know, where you and I are leaning to on this is that sadly at the moment, uh, disagreements, different worldviews, just what footy team you barrack for are creating a divide in friendships yeah. that if you if you live north or south of the border for many people are um irreconcilable um yeah. Yeah. because they just don't want to be friends that have these beliefs and I, I i don't know if it's because friends have become a luxury item that we forget the social muscle that uh generates when we have friends that don't see the world as we do like it is a wonderful thing to spend your time with people that you love who don't yeah. see the world in the same way as you do. Many of them are yeah. called family and and, yes. and many of them are called friends and others of yes. them are called colleagues. And I think yeah. Dexter taught us that social the, the act of socialising is far more important than not engaging but kind of uh, that means you're not um, around people that disagree with you. Yeah. Well, and we spoke about this. I think we did a podcast on uh, black and white 
right or wrong, good or bad. Mm. And what's happening at the moment with this fractionation of the community is that people are being turned against each other at a rate that's greater than has ever been seen probably since the 1940s. Mm. Um, and obviously when we look at what happened in the 1940s in uh, where there was the most horrendous things you know, take place in the war in Germany, um, that fractionation of the community resulted in disaster disaster i'm not predicting world wars i'm definitely not saying that i'm definitely not likening what's happening with us right now to nazi germany however where we're seeing fractionation and the turning of people against people this is where you see movies mate like mm -hmm. you see brad pitt and and uh who who jennifer let's say jennifer because i love for jennifer aniston and brad pitt to get back together but mate you'd see these two making a movie so it could it might have been called world war z or something but something like that is happening where we're being fractionated and we're actually turning on each other to the extent that throwaway comments are now probably you know causing emotional turmoil and grief um throwaway comments things that might have been accepted once before have now are now you know resulting in lawsuits um or friends and friendships dissolving because mm. they can't um meet halfway or understand not even halfway just understand that there's it's okay to have a uh, a difference of opinion um and, and it's 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 very it's palpable and it's stressful i was talking to a mate of mine uh, having a soda water um i'll call him out jack i was talking to jack today and jack said i'm 32 i've got a house beautiful wife beautiful baby um i'm self-employed i'm running a startup company doing really well i've got everything i've got a blessed life but when my phone beeps i get anxious so every time he hears the news, it's more anxiousness because it's all bad news. It's littered with something like oh, a pony down the road found its owner, you know, a budgie flew into a tree and bumped its head and then landed back in the cage and everyone's happy again. Like these sorts of happy sort of stories are kind of um, inter interspersed uh, between really negative media that's, that's creating anxiety. So the fractionation is all the way through the media. The fractionation is all the way through your conversations. The mm -hmm. fractionation is in your schools. And so at some point we need to change that. And I think that's, that's in, that the responsibility of that comes down to all of us i think if we bring dexter back into the equation here it's on us to improve for want of a better term but to master our skills of communication and to recognize particularly when it's with family and friends that having a relationship is not about agreeing with everything that is said and done and if we had a camera on us 24 7 24 hours a day seven days a week that everyone could see uh, for some of us it would be embarrassing for others it would be shameful for others yes. it would be fractious uh beyond repair uh now that lens or that camera is through what you've said damo earlier it's through a black and white lens yeah and good or bad right or wrong and we're beginning to judge people yeah. through that one lens of of one part of life but i can guarantee you we've had previous interviews damo with nicole edwards you know um in terms of domestic violence abuse, in terms of yeah. the way we might speak to people, in terms of the way we might uh, behave towards ourselves. If we, if people could see what we do at certain times of the day that they would vehemently disagree with and call us out on, then imagine the world that we would live in. And so I mm. think it's just 
really important that we become um, obsessed is not the right word, but we become really conscious, like supremely detailed to the point where we can be, I suppose we'd call it present time consciousness, Damon, like that PTC, PTC. when we are engaging with humanity. And if we find ourselves puppeting other information rather than just loving and accepting and being with another human being that is worthy of our love, regardless of what they believe or what they do and all of the rest of it, that is the challenge that we have as really, I suppose, uh, do we call it um, centenarians in waiting? Like if we're going to have longevity, do we want it to be a bitter and twisted longevity or do we want it to be a Dexter Kruger longevity? It's going to be. It can only be Dexter Kruger longevity. It can only be Tommy Hafey longevity. It can only be Ruth Frith longevity. Ruth Frith longevity. It, it can only be Rock Kennedy, Isabel Wallace. It can mm. only be that sort of longevity. Like it can't be longevity where people don't like each other. No one's going to live a long time if we turn on each other. Um, it, it can't happen. Mm. I love this topic. But we yeah. have to go. I know. And I want to pick this up again. Yeah, well, we're going to have some big conversations over the next uh, four to eight episodes. We we recognize that now's the time to really unpack some of the bigger social topics that um, require a conversation. And, Damo, there's people out there that think we're funny uh, and they think we're <laughs> worth listening to. And, uh, and we thank you. And there's a number of if you've got messages or topics that you want us to discuss, there are a number sitting in our inbox on our Facebook page, which is at 100 not out, yeah. uh, all one word. Or if you want to yeah. send us a DM on Instagram, it's at 100.notout. If there's a topic yeah. that you want us to bring up, whether it's whether it's kosher, sweep it under the carpet, whether it's a public topic or whatever, you can yeah. do it anonymously. We can have the conversation and make sure that it um it gets aired. Um, so yeah. yeah, and if you want to buy a book. Marcus at marcuspierce.com.au. Just uh, go straight there. Email. Um, or any complaints, just email marcus at marcuspierce.com.au. <laughs> yeah, I don't reply to those emails. I don't acknowledge them at all. I only want good news, folks. Uh, for more wisdom from the great man, head on over to damienchristoff.com. That's Damien with an A. There's no E in Damien, and there's no double F in Christoph. It's damienchristoff.com. Uh, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. That's Marcus with a C, Pierce, no I. Uh, would love to have your support. Uh, to all all of our listeners, viewers, community members, we absolutely love having you on the 100 Not Out adventure. Until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.